Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ringside Chaos, the professional wrestling discussion segment of the Baird of Texas podcast and Paint Train Pipe Bomb Productions. As usual, my name is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas. And today is a special day for such a special episode. Because specifically today, okay, 39 years ago, one of the most famous professional wrestling matches took place. Kerry Von Erich versus the Nature Boy Ric Flair for the NWA Heavyweight Championship at Texas Stadium. And without a shadow of a doubt, one of the greatest pro wrestling matches, not only from back in the day, or from the 80s for that matter, but like I said, one of the greatest professional wrestling matches, period. Because in my experience, in my research, every single wrestling fan that I've spoken to that was a wrestling fan back then that are aware of this match, they have nothing but positive memories from the match. They remember the match as if it was yesterday. As if it was yesterday. You know, everything we know from the Von Erics is well documented. That particular documentary episode on Dark Side of the Ring, it was really, really hard to watch. I mean, when it comes to anything about learning from the Von Erics and the history, it is extremely hard to watch because all the tragedies involving the deaths left and right, it's very difficult, you know? But then again, it just goes to show just how tough and brutal the world of professional wrestling is. The pro wrestling business is not for the weak of heart, ladies and gentlemen. The world of professional wrestling, it is a tough business. And that kind of business is not for everyone. A lot of people try to get in that business, but a lot of them don't even make it because they just can't deal with it. Some of them probably last for just a cup of coffee and they say, screw it, I can't handle this. I mean, just imagine, you know, how it was back then learning to wrestle. You know, we, we hear all these stories from being trained by the likes of Vern Gagne, Stu Hart, Fritz Von Erich. I mean, back then, like, today pro wrestling training is brutal today. But back then, man, as brutal as it was back then, I mean, back then it was a whole different story from what I understand. But, but the whole thing with the Von Erichs, again is all well documented and and sometimes honestly the fact that it, it, it it's just so brutal you know last year with, with my good buddy mr chris smith who's a huge fan of professional wrestling who's a akinola follower of this show he and i went to a major league wrestling fusion event which was at wrestlemania weekend in dallas and what an amazing blessing it was that i saw ross and marshall von eric work in the main event the fact that I got to see Ross and Marshall Von Erich live, and the fact that I shook their hands at the end of the show and got a chance to personally thank them for everything that they do and to basically give my respects, you know, for everything that the family has done. Honestly, I was in tears. I could not hold back the tears, okay? And I just basically turned to my friend Chris and gave him a big hug and cried into his shoulder because my friend Chris bought the tickets. It was my friend Chris who invited me to the show. If it wasn't for Chris, I would not have had that moment to watch the Von Erics on with my own eyes and to meet them and to thank them for everything that they do and what their family has done. It's hard for me that Ross and Marshall that their dad was not there. Of course, their dad is the last is, is, is the last surviving brother, you know. 
But, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, the fact that I was able to actually tell them, you know, face-to-face -face how thankful I am, you know, it is what it is. I mean, but the fact that, you know, Kevin Von Erich, if only Kevin Von Erich had been there, I mean, that's probably when I would have, I would have just burst into tears. I, I would have bawled like a baby because I'm telling you, watching that episode of Dark Side of the Ring with the Von Erichs, I mean, I'm telling you, I cried like a baby because, you know, it's hard, it's hard to, you know, it's, so, it, it's just so hard to, to understand, you know, the, the tragedies involving the Von Erichs because the Von Erichs, one of the biggest and most respectable families in professional wrestling. And to see that a lot of a lot of the sons die at a young age, I mean, again, it just, it goes to show just how tough the world of professional wrestling is, and how it affects someone's physical health, emotional health, mental health, etc. Again, the bottom line is it's to it's to basically solidify the fact that the pro wrestling industry is not a joke, and again, it is not for the weak of heart. So, really getting into uh, all this history, because, you know, when you talk about the Von Erics, you really, you really just can't help but want to talk about the history, because I want to basically show everything that I've learned from it. But the particular match, Kerry Von Erich versus Ric Flair. Now, this took place, of course, May 6, 1984, 39 years ago today at Texas Stadium. And in attendance was over 32,000 people. And this particular thing was part of a concept that Fritz Von Erich's promotion, World Class Championship Wrestling, which was a territory for Dallas-Fort Worth, you know, they've been doing for a long time something known as the Parade of Champions, which was basically a series of pro wrestling events in these supercars, which was promoted by Fritz Von Erich. And the first one started out in 1961, and then they did another one, I believe, in 1972, before they did it annually from 1984 until 1988. But... And the one from 1984, you know, that was the one to basically honor David Von Erich, who had died, you know, in January of that year. You know, you know that particular one was basically known as the first Von Erich Memorial Parade of Champions, okay? And of course, as we know, the main event was Kerry Von Erich versus the Nature Boy Ric Flair. And, you know, I look at the card, you know... Even Fritz Von Erich, along with Kevin and Mike Von Erich, actually, they worked a match against the fabulous Freebirds. And of course, the Von Erichs versus the Freebirds, I mean, that right there is one of the most, is one of the most, you know, well-known rivalries in the, in the pro wrestling world. I mean, the Von Erichs versus the fabulous Freebirds, I mean, that right there is absolutely well documented. You know, they actually, the Von Erichs worked um, the fabulous Freebirds for the NWA World Six-Man Tag Team Championship. And the Von Erichs actually won the titles as well. So, and of course, you know, Kamala, who of course, you know, was, was being managed by Scandal Akbar, worked a match, although that match ended up in a double disqualification. And Junkyard Dog actually worked the missing link, which was, you know, really cool. I mean, I, I, you know, like that. So, def definitely a huge card. But again, you know, the, the, main, the main event, you know, it, it, what was special about the main event is that there was a stipulation to where the match had no time limit. And if Ric Flair got himself disqualified, the title would change hands. So, <laughs> Ric Flair certainly would have had his work cut out for him. And speaking of Ric Flair, Ric, Ric Flair actually tells a story because there's, a, in a little of the aftermath, you know, when Kerry Von Erich won the title, he ended up dropping the belt about three weeks later. And, there's, and, and, there's, and I've got the information a little bit about it from what I've learned from Ric Flair. So, again, now going to David. Now, David Von Erich, who passed away earlier that year in Japan... You know, 
that you know what I learned from that you know in, in the uh, in, in the documentary on Dark Side of the Ring, you know David David Von Erich had actually been feuding with Ric Flair in, in a rivalry that started out with in 1983. I believe the rivalry between the Von Erichs and Ric Flair started out in 1982. There was that infamous steel cage match between I think it was David it was David it was actually Kerry and Ric Flair. So this was not the first time Ric Flair and Kerry Von Erich were had an encounter. That infamous steel cage where Michael Hayes and the, and the Freebirds officially turned heel, basically, I think it, it was in that it was in that steel cage match. It was between Kerry Von Erich and Ric Flair. If I'm wrong, actually, let me know. Let me know in the YouTube comment on section or reach out to me on Twitter. But I'm pretty sure that's how it was. So, so the the whole thing with uh, the Von Erichs and Ric Flair, you know, this this was before 1984. So. But in 1983, the, the feud between David Von Erich and the Nature Boy Ric Flair, you know, that, that that's just how it started. So I'll never forget, like you know, you know, from the research, you know, in January of that year, in January 9th of 1984, um, about you know a month a month before uh, David Von Erich passed away, he actually gave what was basically an infamous, you know, a, a bit. Well, I, I don't know if I would say infamous, but an intense uh, interview. That because Ric Flair had recently made comments about uh, Mike Von Erich, um, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I, I'm not sure exactly what uh, my notes from my research can only go so far. But if I remember correctly, Ric Flair had made comments that he could easily beat Mike Von Erich. I mean, he basically described Mike Mike Von Erich as a bad wrestler that he could beat Mike in a minute with one with one hand tied behind his back. And then David Von Erich responded. And, and this was actually Ric Flair did that in, on December thirty first of nineteen eighty three. So, Dave, so this is all part of an angle. Obviously, this is all part of an angle to build up a match. So, in Fort Worth in January of eighty four, David responded by saying that he heard what Ric Flair had said and that he would basically issue a challenge. So, base and, and I think there was a, there was this thing to it. There was like I think the ten minute challenge match that if if Flair had beaten Mike Von Erich in that particular challenge. David Von Erich would never be able to challenge for the NWA title again. So, but but if 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 uh, if Flair would have failed to have beaten Mike in, in that time limit, then David would basically get would basically you know get the um, all right. Well, David would basically get the shot. So, so if I remember correctly, you know, David did end up winning the challenge. You know, there was actually a ten minute challenge between. Uh, Flair and Mike, and, and then, so David won the challenge, and that match actually took place in, at the convention center in Fort Worth. So, so the, so the match, so basically, I think it was originally supposed to be David David versus uh, Ric Flair, but of course, you know, David ended up passing away in Japan. So, this is where we, where we get to it. So, because cause David Flair, David, excuse me, not David Flair, David Von Erich was actually working a tour with, was on a tour with All Japan Pro Wrestling. And he actually died of uh, what was said, I think, to be an overdose. And, you know, Bruiser Brody, who, of course, was trained by Fritz Von Erich. I mean, again, if you saw that episode of Dark Side of the Ring, you know, the last of the Von Erichs, you know, Kevin Von Erich, basically, you know, it was David Manning, a former, I think, uh, uh, he was part of the booking committee of WCCW, and he was also the head referee. He actually said that he got the call that, you know, from Japan to inform him that David had died, so... The fact that David Manning got the call 
was informed of David of David von Erich's death before Fritz von Erich was informed. You know that that was tough. So and then that story, Kevin says that you know that Bruiser Brody, Frank Goodish called him, and you know Kevin says that Frank Goodish was just bawling and just crying, you know, like a baby, you know, because uh, because um, Bruiser Brody was very very close to the von Erichs, which again is no surprise because again Bruiser Brody was trained by Fritz von Erich. And Bruiser Brody did, you know, worked a lot for uh, Fritz von Erich's promotion. So, so the bottom line is, you know, it's, it doesn't surprise me just how close he was to the von Erichs. That Bruiser Brody, you know, you, you see the the human side of Brody, Frank Goodish crying and like that. I mean, it, it was tough. So, now, I from what I understand, D David uh, von Erich's, you know, cause of death has been greatly debated. Uh, one says that it was, you know, for, for ruptured intestines, I believe, or. A painkiller overdose. I mean, whatever it was, but you know, when we said that, you know, Bruiser Brody got rid of the evidence, you know, because, you know, Bruiser Brody had to protect the, the image of the Von Erics because, because, you know, a lot of things were at stake. So, so I guess, you know, what, so basically, Kerry Von Erich, you know, took over to challenge Ric Flair for the NWA title, you know, to honor David. So that was what the whole show was about, you know, in honor of David. So now we get basically to the match. So, I mean, David Von, I mean, excuse me, Kerry Von Erich, you know, of course, Kerry Von Erich was basically depicted as the dude that was, you know, the best looking, you know, supposed to have the best career. I mean, he had the movie star looks, you know, as I said, like, Kerry Von Erich, honestly, you know, had the, had the biggest potential, so. So, in that, in the particular match itself, you know, I've seen the match, and, man... It was, uh, you know, again, you know, you know, Kerry Von Erich had all that momentum, you know, and of course, you know, we bring up the fact that that steel cage match between Ric Flair and uh, and uh, Kerry Von Erich, so this was kind of basically the rematch that everybody had been waiting for, so, so basically at that point, you know, that rematch of the title, you know, had as it had built up, it had boiled up to that point, so. So the match in itself was one thing. Now the finish of the match, I'm not gonna go through de every detail of the match, but the finish of the match, you know, the how basically I never really would have uh, anticipated such a, such a finish going like that. Now the finish in itself was great, you know. It certainly puts the you know Kerry Von Erich as a babyface over. So you know, of course, you know, how the match finished. You know, Ric Flair is put in a backslide. And then it, then the referee counts the one, two, three, and then we have a new NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Then of course the Von Erich brothers, you know, go into the ring. All all the baby faces that were there also celebrate. And of, and of course, you know, Ric Flair, you know, being pissed off, you know. And I think because you know, Ric Ric Flair had to keep his character, so you know, people would have said, you know, what if Ric Flair had shook the hand of the Von Erichs and gave him a hug? I'm like, well. Now backstage, yeah, because you know backstage when the cameras aren't looking, you know nobody's there. Then yeah, but but Ric Flair at that time was the well, you know the biggest heel in professional wrestling, so Ric Flair couldn't basically smarten up the business. So, but Ric Flair did actually cut a brief promo after the match. You know he walked up and he said, and I quote, because this is from my research, so and I quote, "There ain't gonna be any trouble, but I'll be back. You tell your brothers and you tell your old man, Ric Flair will be back." Unquote. And Kerry Von Erich responded, and I quote, You got it, baby. Unquote. So, so clearly, obviously, I mean, either way, we all knew there was going to be a rematch. But, but basically, now we basically kind of get to, you know, what happened after it. So, 
So this is what I learned, you know, and Ric Flair said this in an interview on his uh, podcast. Um, so basically, as we know, Kerry Von Erich held the title for only 18 days. So as Ric Flair said on his show that the night before this match, Ric Flair worked a match with Roddy Piper. As he said that he, he, worked, he worked a match in Portland, Oregon, which was for Don, uh, Don uh, Owens' territory. Uh, the Northwest Wrestling Territory, again, in Portland, Oregon, which was part of the uh, NWA, was one of the NWA territories. He says that he wrestled Roddy Piper for about an hour, and then he mentions that, you know, he, that he along with, I, th I think, several of the heels, you know, he drank all night. He was up till 6 a.m. drinking. He mentions, you know, he didn't go to bed. His flight to Dallas was at 8 a.m., so he got on the plane, flew to Dallas, and then, of course, you know, you know worked the event. Because Ric Flair mentions that a after this match, after he dropped the belt to Kerry Von Erich, Ric Flair immediately got back on a plane to go on a, to go on an overseas tour in Asia. I think you know, and Ric Flair basically um, mentioned that he, he was going he was wrestling a Harley Race, and you know, of course, you know, I always say Harley Race. Honestly, in my opinion, our Harley Race has to arguably be Ric Flair's biggest rival. I mean, that rivalry lasted for so long, but but Ric Flair said that he he went over he went on an overseas tour and. Singapore, Hong Kong, Japan, and I think Australia and New Zealand because I know for a fact that Ric Flair and Harley Race had wrestled numerous matches over in Australia and New Zealand as well as Japan and Singapore and Malaysia. So Ric Flair goes overseas and basically Ric Flair says he... Basically Ric Flair did confirm that Kerry Von Erich was supposed to hold the belt for a long time. He was supposed, in other words, he's supposed to be a long-term, a long-term champion, which is good. But I think Ric Flair said that something about Kerry Von Erich missing his first shot or something like that. But, but one particular source did mention that Kerry Von Erich defended the title several times before before he dropped the belt back to Flair. It mentions that he did he did uh, defend the title in Dallas a couple of times, so I'd imagine he he defended at his uh, for, in his dad's promotion. So, but. But basically, um, like that. So, I, I'm not sure exactly what happened. I'll, I mean, I mean, if, if Ric Flair mentioned something that he missed his shot, I mean, if if, we're, if it, I'm not exactly sure what Ric Flair means by that, but but it says here that Kerry Von Erich did have you know did defend the title a couple of times. So, um, you know, and everybody's asking. You know, it's interesting that you know because WC, WCCW World Class Championship Wrestling. Was actually uh, was actually at one point a member of the National Wrestling Alliance. So I'm not sure exactly when WCCW broke away from the NWA. Um, I believe, if I'm correct, I believe it was in 1986. Obviously, it was before that because you know why? Why would they have you know Kerry Von Erich? You know why would they put the NWA title on Kerry Von Erich if the, if WCCW was not part of the National Wrestling Alliance? So it was actually in 1986 when. When WCCW broke away with the NWA, which unfortunately ultimately led to the to the collapse, to the fall of WCCW, but but anyway, so mm, you know, again, sorry, I'm kind of uh, losing my uh, train of thought a little bit. A little bit. It's been a long day, but but Ric Flair mentioned, you know, that you know <clears throat> that he was, you know, that Kerry Von Erich was, was supposed to have the title for a while, but you know, I think even even Ric Flair. It's not entirely sure what what you know what had happened, but basically Ric Flair just says that he he got a call while he was uh, while he was in Japan. He got a call saying we're gonna you're, you're gonna get the title back. Kerry's gonna drop the belt to you. We're flying him over right now, and then and then Ric Flair got the title back, 
And and after that, I mean, Kerry Von Erich did, I think, challenge to the title several more times after that, but never got the never got the belt put back on him. You know, and of course, you know, for Kerry Von Erich, you know, it's it's another uh, you know tragic ending. You know, Kerry Von Erich, you know, died at the age of thirty three in February of ninety three. You know, about a, about a month, you know, a month after I was born. I mean, I was only a I was only a one month old baby when Kerry Von Erich, you know, passed away. So, you know. Um, you know, of course, you know, in 1990, you know, Kerry Von Erich did end up going to the World Wrestling Federation, but, you know, he would be, no, he would be known as the Texas Tornado, and, you know, and after that, you know, he, the, Vince McMahon did actually put the Intercontinental Heavyweight title on him, but I'm not, you know, I, I, there's a lot of reasons why I think why Vince never, never put him in the main event. I, I I'm not sure, I mean, because... <clears throat> Because you know when Kerry Von Erich arrived in the, in the WWF in 1990, you know his career was basically at a point. I mean, he, like that, you know, because there was that ac- there was that accident, of course, you know, the, that infamous you know motorcycle accident, which really gave him such a severe injury. I, I think basically, you know, if I remember correctly, like, at one point, like his foot was to be was to be amputated, so Kerry Von Erich couldn't wrestle, couldn't perform, you know, at the level that he used to. So. So by the, by the by the time it was actually in '86 in June of '86 when he had that motorcycle uh, incident and he it basically was hip injury in, in his in his right leg so so basically his right foot was amputated actually so it, it, it was tough so basically I mean again you know Kerry Von Erich after that I mean you know had the title you know and then lost after 18 days and some would say that after that you know when that happened his career really started you know to fade away but you know I really don't know because. There's, there's a lot there's a lot to, to the story and, and I'm sure in Ric Flair's case I wouldn't be surprised if Rick, if Ric Flair was thinking you know why is why is Kerry dropping the belt to me I figured Ric Flair's like okay well I'm not gonna cause any trouble if they want me if they want the title back on me then fine because you know in, in, in Ric Flair's case I totally understand I mean you don't want to ask questions and cause problems because you know that could affect your career too so I'm sure Ric Flair basically did as he was told and that was it but but it's it, it's a shame because again you know how Ric Flair confirmed that the NWA wanted to keep the title on Kerry for a very very long time and then something happened and then they have to basically you know put the belt back on Ric Flair and again you know it, it, it's a darn shame but but regardless you know the the legacy of Kerry Von Erich the legacy of the Von Erichs I mean the legacy of the match between Ric Flair and Kerry and Kerry Von Erich at Texas Stadium I mean. It's a match that you want to talk about old school wrestling. I mean, this is one particular match that you know that you have to talk about. So, but you know, again, you know the tragedies and everything. It's just you know, it's it, it's brutal. So it re- it really it really is. You know, and now I'm basically kind of thinking to myself. You know, what if you know Kerry Von Erich had been a champion for champion for a very long time? You know. Again, you know, there's a lot of, you know, possible theories, but, you know, really, I, I don't know, you know, what could have happened, you know, because, you know, when he, when he lost the title, you know, he dropped the title to Ric Flair in Japan, and, you know, and Ric Flair went on to hold the title for another 800, 800 days or so, so, again, you know, you know, it, it was what it was, and, you know, again, you know, we'll, we'll never, we'll never know the true reason why, why Kerry Von Erich dropped the belt, why his title line had to be short, but again, you know, if something happened and the NWA had no choice, then, you know, again, you know, there's only so much that we know. And quite frankly, there's only so much that the Nature Boy Ric Flair knows about the situation. Because, again, 
I honestly believe that Ric Flair was, you know, if he got the call and said, we're putting the belt back on you, I'm sure Ric Flair said, okay. Because Ric Flair was just doing business. I mean, at the end of the day, Ric Flair needed to provide for his family. So, I mean, so I'm sure Ric Flair didn't want to cause any problems. So, you know, so Ric Flair said, okay, we're putting the belt back. And I'm sure that he's, you know, moving forward, you know, whatever creative booking and direction had for him. And I'm sure they were going to cross that bridge when they got to it. But, but again, you know. It's amazing. It's sad that it's such an amazing match between Kerry Von Erich and Ric Flair. I mean, that rematch that the world had been waiting for after that infamous steel cage, the finish going the way it was. Ric Flair cutting that brief promo, and then you know, a you know, a, a champion you know that could have you know been the great you know probably the greatest you know babyface NWA champion ever, drops the belt about 18 days later. It really is tough, you know. And this is making me cry even more because, again, you know, all, all the love and respect I have for the Von Erics, you know, it's it, it's tough, but you know, you know, but with all these personal demons and struggles, you know, again, one more time, it goes to show just how brutal the world of professional wrestling is because, again, it is not for the weak of heart. But regardless of anything, I'm forever grateful for the Von Erics. You know, Rick Rick Flair too. I mean, Rick Flair. His matches from back then, man, oh man, oh man. Uh, you know, talk about old school wrestling. I mean, the Von Erics, Ric Flair, you know, the Freebirds. I mean, there's so many names from the 80s and from back in the day that I could talk about. But man, old school wrestling, man, amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, Ringside Chaos is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. So why don't you hit the subscribe button as well as hit that notification bell. And find me on Twitter at Bearman of Texas, just TX, no need to spell it out. And follow my podcast's Twitter, it's at BearTexas underscore podcast. So please give me a follow. And if you know somebody that is looking for a tremendous pro wrestling podcast, then I assure you that Ringside Chaos is the show for them. Thank you all very, very much, ladies and gentlemen. Have a good one, and God bless.